0: What's guys. episode 2 End of card Podcast. It's your boy Rakim, and uh, I'm leading today. or This episode, should I say? And uh, I'm joined by Josh, as always. What's going on, Josh?
1: Yeah, all good, man. Really good to be back for another episode. And uh, and and what and what a uh, what a fight card to be talking
0: about as well. Ah, oh, both big, big, big cards. Um, I think I think for neutral fans and People that uh, um, are not sort of diehard sort of mixed martial arts fans or UFC fans and just sort of casually watch, casually watch cards for you know months by or whatever. If there's any cards, uh, any cards that any fans are sort of interested in watching, two six one get it on five, five all sort of all the main cards, five main cards, and all what furthest we got was the second round, like mad cards. Um, Yeah, I think
1: between the five fights,
0: you know, the first
1: main card, the five main card fights uh, totaled about 20 minutes as a grand total, which is which is crazy. So as you said there, if you aren't a UFC fan or or a hardcore UFC or MMA fan, this this is a card that will get you pumped and excited for the sport. And, you know, it definitely will do things um, for the casual, I think, you know, to get them get them
0: more involved. Yeah, definitely, I agree. Um, but um, I think we just want to start from start from where we need to go on here, which is got to be Usman Um uh, Cover this extensively in episode one. If you haven't listened, get on it. You're missing out. But um, review this time and not a preview. So Usman Mazwizal, mad, mad knockout, mad knockout. I personally, I didn't actually think that Usman would have the power to knock out Mazraeel, considering, did you say was it last week? You said he's only been was it is he only been knocked out once?
1: Uh, Masvidal's never been knocked out in the UFC before that fight. Never, M-
0: never been knocked out in the UFC. Was it? Did you say he was already in his career? He's only been knocked out once. Something yeah, I think like in his
1: whole career, yeah. I, I know, just insanity.
0: I know he's been choked out. Um, got choked out by that reverse triangle choke. That's he's like a standing in Bellator now. A few years ago. Got choked out by a standing triangle choke, like reverse triangle choke. Like it, it, like it's it's confusing. Like, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna confuse confuse you, the listeners more by trying to describe it. So just get on YouTube, standing reverse guillotine triangle, whatever it is, Masvidal choke. Just get on it, watch it. It's not even long, so just watch it. Come back and you'll know exactly what I'm on about. But insane, insane choke, and this time insane knockout. Usman absolute ballistic bro. Yeah, it was um it was
1: an incredible knockout. Incredible. And I mean we spoke about, didn't we, about Usman's jab in that um Gilbert Burns fight. Yeah, yeah. And by God he he utilized that again in this fight, you know. He just kept I feel like he kept Masvidal all where he wanted him through the first round. Um and then when he, when he could see that Masvidal was um taking advantage I guess of him with the with the leg kicks uh, which was obviously something he's worked on you know through camp and he's he's made the decision that uh it's a weakness really that he could target on Usman maybe to slow him down throughout the rounds and he gave a good account for himself actually Masvidal on the first round I, th- I thought that he looked good uh yeah. in a couple of in a couple of areas actually but you when you when you see Usman take him to the ground like he did in in the first, it just showed that showed me that it didn't matter where this fight was going, Usman was gonna it was gonna win it um, in that moment, and and I think to see him knock him out was just extraordinary. But I really didn't expect it.
0: I I thought I thought it was gonna be um, just a, a decision win, um, obviously coming part in episode one. I thought thought it was just gonna be a generic decision when one's gonna grind it out, um, and we're gonna hear and still. But obviously I got the last part of that right. But I'm not gonna complain. Sack around, knockout, thats insane, especially especially with Masvidal, who, Bro, like this guy was this guy was like bare knuckle fighting in like Florida at one point. Like the guys the guys flipping hard as nails, bro. Like he's insane. And yeah, it's getting knocked out. like it is what it is, and obviously. Sometimes, sometimes you're the big man where you're doing the mad knockouts, i.e. against Askren, and then next time you're you're on the receiving end of it, like he was on Saturday. Um, it, it just is what it is in this sport. But I think that Usman, like he absolutely controlled he, the first round, he absolutely controlled it. Like it, I, I think there was one point where Masdar goes for like a flying knee. Um, I, I saw went, that. Yeah. I, I think I think he went for two flying knees in the first rounds, but in the in the first time he goes for the flying knee in the first round bro like Usman just catches him and takes him down like and Usman why he's a div one div one wrestler the guy's insane I'm, I remember reading something about um how how I think it was how he wanted how he originally was planning to go to represent America at the Olympics for wrestling for freestyle wrestling um so like the guy the guy's got insane wrestling backgrounds like elite wrestling but I think that in terms of in terms of the division well definitely in terms of the division probably in terms of the, the whole of the UFC his like, his wrestling's incredible and insane and i think that n- now that people are starting to realize that his wrestling is insane i i realized his wrestling was insane when he the whole tyrant around the ring around the octagon so absolutely made him look like a fool like insane in, in insane but like he's just every every fight that Erzman's winning, he's racking up these Ws. He's racking them up. And every fight and every win that he's racking up, he's just getting better and better and better. Once once he's once he once his stand up isn't is a I wouldn't say his stand up's ever gonna be at the same level as wrestling, um, personally, but once his stand up is at a level where it's really superior and is really high, bro the guy's gonna be a machine. Like I'm not, you're not gonna, you're not gonna want to grapple with this and you're not gonna want to strike with him once his striking's at that point. Like the guy's an absolute machine, and I think that he, he, he's definitely proved it to us that he's in, he's, he's in that pound for pound number one, number two talk at the moment. I think John Jones is number one pound for pounds, and to be honest with you, I probably agree with that. Like John Jones is insane, but um, but yeah, I think that in terms of um it was he's definitely definitely in that number two at least yeah i think i think that that in itself was a big point
1: i wanted to raise here and say you know what what did you think of the pound for pound and you know obviously the rankings will come out and we'll see that after after this video drops um i'm with you i'm, I'm completely with you you know both both big fans of john and and we both think that that you know if he was active anyway I think he would definitely be um, pound for pound uh, number one when we're, when we're talking about the active fighter, and and I think this goes actually because we've not seen John Jones at heavyweight yet. If if that is the avenue he goes down, and you know, God forbid he makes an agreement with uh, with Dana, and 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 all things are rosy, you know. Um, but as of active fighters, fighters that are kind of going at it. You just, you. I don't think you can say, I don't think you can say it's not Usman because on, on the basis that he is the most active fighter in the welterweight division, in fact, he's probably the most active fighter in almost any division when you look at how many times he's fought, Um, you know, stepping in there, stepping in there with some tough, tough opponents as well. I mean, you look, you look at the rankings in the welterweight division. Yeah. He's taken out the top four now, is he? Is that Leon, um, Masvidal twice, obviously, Colby and Gilbert Burns. So yeah, all four. Yeah. He's had, yeah. he's had them all. Number five's uh, Wonderboy, isn't it? So he, he's next down the list. So you know, I just, I just can't see it. And like, like Usman keeps saying, he's lapping these guys now. He's lapping them. He is, you know. Yeah. And you know, if, if you know, Colby was in the crowd, obviously Saturday night, uh, early hours of Sunday morning for us, and he was giving it the big one you know and as as you would expect um but if he is next and Usman's striking has come on as much as it has under under trevor whitman who by the way deserves the biggest shout out of all of all which i think we'll come on to with the next fight anyway um but, but huge, huge gains in his striking are only going to benefit him against Colby because that is that is how the fight will go, you know. They hate each other. They do hate each other. There is no yeah. denying it.
0: Yeah, um, Colby's not a fan of Marty from Nebraska, is he?
1: Not but, at all. <laughs> but,
0: um, yeah, I, I, think, I think that we have to get Colby and Kamaru back in the octagon. And they are, like, I think the next fight, really, for Usman piercing, I think it has, it has to be the rematch against Kobe. It has to be. Yeah, and I, saw, and I saw Usman say that, you
1: know, he wanted he wanted to take his little girl on a vacation. She was obviously at the fight as well. Yeah, I saw it in the... Yeah. And, and when you look, that he's kind of fought over the last year, isn't it? Was it a year ago he fought masvidal wasn't it so he's fought masvidal twice obviously in the last year and then burns in between that as well so you know he's fought three tough fights um he obviously had to take a lot of time out for the camps because of the coronavirus stuff so these these camps are taking a lot more out of the fighters in the respect that um you know they're away from their families and stuff for a long time and don't get me wrong i'm not saying i'm not saying that uh you know they don't earn their keep and things you know they they're they're well paid and if they've got to be away from them to do it then then it's got to be done but it's um it's tough going so he does he he does deserve to kind of sit out a bit i guess but i can't see colby fighting again before uh he's waited for this fight and um you know i i do think it will be him next i can't i can't see another avenue the ufc go down with with leon already booked of course
0: yeah, I think, I think Leon, obviously he's fighting Nate, um, he's fighting Nate on an upcoming card, big cards. I think it's the first time, it's the first time the UFC are doing a five round main event, non-title fight, I think. Um, yeah, it is, yeah. Um, so that'll that, that that'd be quite exciting, obviously, whenever Nate comes back, when whenever he comes back, when he feels like he wants to come back, it's always exciting to see Nate fight, like, I'm a big I'm a big Diaz, fans, uh, Diaz brother fan, to be fair, um, but I do like Nate. But, um, yeah, I think that, I think Leon, once Leon's fought Nate, um, I could see, I could probably see the UFC booking Leon like a sort of number one title contender, sort of eliminator. Uh, I don't think, because I'm not, I just don't think the UFC are fans of Leon. Like, they seem to be, they don't really seem to push him. And I know there is like that, that controversy of um, cutting Leon a few, a few, I think last year, year before, because he was like declining fights or whatnot. But, was that um, when they cut him from the rankings? Yeah, they cut him because he was like the, apparently he was declining fights and he was picking who he wanted to the final, whatever. But obviously, I don't think that they'll give him a title fight if he beats Nate. Um, I don't think they'll give Nate a title fight. I think it's, I think I'd be a silly person. But um, yeah, I think, I think Dana said as well in the two six one post fight presser um that Covington is probably going to be the next man in line mm. for the title fight um so yeah that that, like, that I think I think that makes sense personally to get check those two back in the octagon let Osman do his thing against uh, Covington again make quite make quite a lot of people happy seeing Covington be knocked out again including myself he's so I would he's, be over the he's so annoying yeah. man. he's like he reminds me of like those like he just reminds you those people who just born with a silver spoon in their mouth. Like I get very, I get a lot of Donald Trump vibes off him. Um, and yeah, and yeah I, he's Trump's he's Trump's favorite yeah, fighter. Yeah, yeah Trump's, Trump's favorite, favorite fighter, is, which says which says it all really. Says you know, all I, you yeah, need to know, doesn't it? Get a lot of Trump Dana, uh, not Dana, sorry, really, Donald Trump vibes off him. But um, yeah, going back to the fight, I think that... incredible performance of his man, and he. he He's absolutely, he's absolutely dominant. He's a, he's an absolute machine. And I think for any Africans around the world who are a fan of combat sports, it's going to be so exciting because we got we got what three, three African champions now, and like, it's insane. Like it's insane. And they're, and they're three champions, aren't they? You know, in Francis
1: Ngannou, uh, Israel Adesanya, and Kamara Usman, and all three of them are, they look a step above their division that like they are, you know, they are out there. Come and on. When they st-
0: go Put on, go on. Put some respect on my boy, Paolo Costa, man. He's coming. <laughs> for that He's coming. You're, you know he said, the only reason you lost against Izzy is because he was drinking too much red wine the, the night before the fight for the card. Well, more for him. More for yeah. him.
1: Yeah. But you get, you get an opportunity to fight for the title. You don't go out sipping red wine the night before and having that as an excuse I won't, I won't take it i won't take it but incredible nevertheless yeah. it's it's great to see um you know the Afri- the african continent coming into the sport massively and it'll be really interesting to see the avenue that the ufc take with it because obviously when we saw them link up with asia um with zhang weili who will come on to next it, it was such a Big, big time for the sport, and and how they've now adapted that. Um, you spoke a lot last week about the performance yeah. institute that they've put in place, and obviously a few of those guys fought on this card, um, on 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 the prelims, um, and gave a good account for themselves in in the most part. Um, but 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 ultimately, it, it'll be good to see how they how they transition into Africa. Um, you know, if they look to do one big card with all three title fights on, that would just
0: be insane. Oh, but, that'd be, uh, that'd be you crazy. know, imagine. That would be <laughs> class. That would be, oh, be so good. But, um, yeah, I think... Yeah. We can all dream, can't we? We can all dream. Yeah, yeah. The, they're, all three of them are just incredible. And Usman, Usman he's, he, he just put on an absolute show on Saturday. He put on an absolute show... And I think the next person that we've got to discuss, or the next fighter, should I say that we've got to discuss? She absolutely tore her apart, man. I remember when I watched, when I watched it, when I watched it like the, for the first time, the the knockout, bro. I got uh, the first, the first thing I thought of when I saw the head kick knockout, Holly Holm against Ronda Rousey, boom.
1: Uh, can you see? Can you see me getting gassed up here? Uh, oh, bro. Ferg Rose, man. Nah, she's a she Rose. is a gangster.
0: She's she is a gangster, and she I'm so I'm so happy she won the belt back because like she she's a she's a good champion outside of the octagon. Like for what she stands for and what she's been through, she's a good like she like she's using her platform well, and I like that. Like she's not she's not out here like brandishing that she's a champion and going to this event and going to that event. Like she's actually trying to make a change for women and especially women in her region and you know just the people in general in her region and I rate I rate that a lot like remembering your roots and your heritage and I rate that a man Saturday incredible like, bro, insane what do you think I I
1: could not honestly when I watched it I was just so overwhelmed uh by everything you know you look back at roses um previous fights and obviously the disappointment she had when she when she lost the bout and you know and then she and then she come out i think we mentioned it last week as well and she come out and she said that it was a heavy burden having the bout but she she just looked she just looked so so well driven um you know she was there before the fight wasn't she stood with the corner um almost chanting to herself saying i'm the best i'm the best and it's like you know she was you know without a shadow of a doubt that that performance made her look like the best in the division and we, and we all thought it didn't we before before she lost the bout and i think even when she lost the bout, we still thought she was the best in the division yeah um and then and then way kind of come out of nowhere um and this no by no means any disrespect to Wei Li, um because obviously you know she's knocked out after a minute and 20 seconds of the fight you know and it's, it's difficult to compare fight styles and things but I think we both said it before the fight um that that we thought that this was a fight that would suit Rose in terms of her being able to get in and out um you know stepping step in and out using using both her jab uh and those kicks that she just loves and and it was so good to see that it was that was the kick that kind of got the final blow there
0: yeah i think um when i was watching it like i the the, the main thing that i noticed about her uh rose now uh, the main thing i noticed about her, that she was doing which which is probably what she was intending was that she just she just kept moving like she was she was so light on her feet like she kept bobbing around in and out stepping into range stepping out of range bobbing left bobbing right like she was so fluid and so like fluid but she was it wasn't it wasn't sort of erratic movement like it, it looked like she like it looked like she knew what she was doing and well she clearly knew what she was doing because when she the head kick on the head kick on Wadey, obviously. I think Wadey, Wadey looks to dodge or Wadey, not dodge, but Wadey looks to like block the leg kick. And I'm even I'm even sat here thinking, Oh she's going for a leg kick here. Bro, she lifts a leg up and whacks it in the jaw. Good night, mm. bro. And this
1: like she hovered went, her
0: foot, didn't she? Yeah, it, like, it looked it was like, just it looked weird, like it looked it looked like a it looked like a leg kick, but it wasn't a leg kick, it was a head kick but it was just so like pinpoint and bang straight on the jaw. Because well. I, I
1: noticed like Whaley almost stepped back away from the kick because she was expecting it, I guess, either to like the top of her leg to her thigh area or, yeah. or nearer the stomach. And she looked like she stepped back and almost like, I don't know, like was breathing in. So then the connection to the jaw, I, I, I can only imagine if you if you're breathing in or moving away from something, that connection kind of hitting you there. It's gonna be enough to just send you straight out, you know, and, and, and clearly it was.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I get you, um, but I, t- oh, like, I'm so happy she's champ, and not to take any sort of negativity or any positives or whatever the thing is away from Whaley, Li, like wait, like Whaley, Li, she she is a good fighter, like she, well, she clearly got to be a good fighter to be 21 or 20 20 and one or 21 and one or whatever she was at the time, like. She is a good fighter, and I won't, I won't discredit her for that. But man, Rose, like, she is a boss. She's a gangster. And she's gonna. I hope. I hope that she's gonna rule this strawweight division again. She's an absolute machine. Yeah, and
1: she, I mean, she's 28
0: years old, isn't
1: she? So when you look at the strawweight division, uh, you've obviously got Whaley there, um, who you would think would get a rematch somewhere down the line. Um, particularly when you look at the fact that there's not masses of contenders in the division. Um, but I think I saw before this fight that, uh, Joanna had come out and said, you know, she wanted the winner of this fight. And I mean, I look at it, Rose obviously fought her twice. Uh, I mean, had Wei Li won, it might be a different picture, uh, for Joanna, because obviously they had that really close fight. Some people had Joanna winning it; others, obviously, to Lee. And Rose obviously beat Joanna quite convincingly twice. And you just wonder: would that third fight make sense, uh, or do they go back down the Lee route uh, for for a booked rematch? I, yeah. I just wonder.
0: Uh, I reckon. I reckon you could, if this, if this. Superfight between Shevchenko and Nunez isn't happening and per se, I think it should happen like there's they're both dominating their weight classes obviously we'll talk about further more but if that super fight doesn't happen then I think that you could you could make an argument for maybe Rose stepping up and fighting Shevchenko potentially and um, I don't know. I reckon. I reckon Shevchenko personally waits for the Nunes fight, but you could you could say Rose fight Shevchenko, and then for Whaley, I prob I'd probably book her against Joanna again. Book those two in for a rematch because that fight the first time was incredible. Like I'm pretty sure the one like fight of the year, quite a lot of um, quite a lot of um, journal- journalist sites and what what not. So I definitely would book those two in for a rematch again. Obviously, anyone who ever watched that fight go watch that fight, go watch it all, because it's an absolutely incredible war, like, what an absolute machine, both of them. It was, that,
1: was, that was the best 25 minutes of fighting I've watched. I, I would put, yeah, I know it wouldn't fight of the
0: year, but I'd get close to saying in a
1: bloody long time. Yeah. It yeah. was so, so good.
0: Incred, incredible fight, and yeah, I'd probably, I would book, book Joanna, and probably wait for a rematch. I'd love know. to see it again, I would, yeah. But, but going back to Rose, like, I'm just, uh, yeah, like she, she was just bobbing around, bobbing around the octagon, so so light on her feet that it was, it was just so it was good. It was good to see Rose back. It was good to see Rose back. And it, uh, like I said, I hope to do. I hope that she hopes that she that she does dominate the weight class again.
1: Yeah, and it's. It's like I said, isn't it? It comes really and stems from that conversation we had around Usman and he obviously switched out of his camp, um, not his camp, sorry, switched out of his team and moved to Trevor Whitman. And I thought it'd take a bit of time to kind of congratulate the coach really and say that on a night where he had two fighters fighting, one was, one was to retain um, his belt and uh, Rose obviously regaining the bout I believe she's the first woman to ever regain a bout um so that's that's a big tick in the box a first for her uh, quote guess. quote me if I'm wrong <laughs> um, but um you know just just seeing that her corner there how much it meant to them as well I think it was um Rob Berry who's part of the team you know he was just screaming when when the head kick landed um just the passion, you know, they just put oh, so much time and effort into you know, the fighters. I think Pat Berry will. Pat Berry, Pat Berry, sorry, Come oh, no on. Oh. Um Pat Berry. But um just well, I'm I say that, not just her team, but just what it meant to everyone because obviously you've got you've got Usman there who'd have been backstage, I'm sure he was watching. Um you've got you've got Gagey, who was obviously in the corner and and he was crying at the end of the fight. Uh, And you had Joe Rogan Joe Rogan's reaction, mate If you have not seen Joe Rogan's reaction To this fight Honest to God I've never seen a guy Just in In absolute shock In all my life
0: (laughs) I remember um... Was it Was it against Was it Was it it Joanna It might have been Rose Joanna 1 Or if it's not number 1 It's definitely number 2 But I remember when um, Nah, nah It was definitely Yeah, it was number 1 Yeah, of course it was number 1 Number one um, at the end of the fight in DC's Dark Rose, Dug yeah. Rose, Doug Rose, Dark Rose. Uh, bro! Ever since that, ever since then, that's just stuck with me, and I'm on, I'm on this Thug Rose bandwagon, firm and tight, and I'm not. Yeah, get us on the hype train, man. We're there. I'm on, I'm on this. But um, I remember, I remember watching the fight, and obviously bad knockout, bad head kick, or whatever, like, like, it's not a nice knockout, and I remember, I'm not sure if you noticed, but at the end of, like, the fight, um, Zhang, is like, protesting with the ref, yeah, I did see, man, I think think it's Keith Peterson, I think, the ref, and she's, like, protesting with him, and, um, it's like, how can you, like, she's wobbling all over the place, like, bear in mind, she's not, she can't stand still, like, how can you protest this, like, like, how can you, how can you protest? How can you protest? I'm not, you've just been, you've just been hit clean on the jaw. And, and the hammer and fists as well, the hammer fists. Like, yeah, that's,
1: you know, it's not like, it's not like she just landed the head kick and walked off. She landed that head kick and she must have put two or three hammer fists down on it as well. It was over. There's no doubt about it. It was done.
0: They're the worst things as well. Those hammer fists, they're the worst, man.
1: Your, Your head is getting punched into a canvas. Like it is, you know, there's. there's nothing worse than that.
0: I think um I think Osman put some hammer fist, like unnecessary punches and hammer fist in when um when he knocked Mazda I think obviously he knocked Mazda, dropped him with the punch and then followed up with some hammer fist and the bro was like come on like step in a bit sooner like there's no need to do that. Um but 'cause Eng- 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 in and the same Garnu Eng- loves a um, loves a hammer fist after knockdown punch. I know he done it on um over Oh, those are so unnecessary but yeah I think that going back to the fight definitely I'm happy to see I'm happy to see a dub for Rose so I, I did feel a bit sorry for when she got that dropped on her head sort of knockout accident knockout sort of thing again versus Andrade but obviously she's rectified that and got that dub back and she's got a dub against Whaley and rightfully so because she's an absolute machine and a boss
1: yeah and and I and I second everything you've said there. You know, it's going to be hopefully a long reign for Rose um, in the strawweight division, and and if there's a transition um, up, which could come down the line potentially, as you've said there, um, that'll be that'll be interesting to see for sure. So I guess that does tie straight into the next fight, which which was Valentina Shevchenko against Jessica Andrade and and what what on earth what on earth can we say about Valentina Shashenko again a fantastic champion a undefeated fighter in her division at flyweight Um, you know she stepped in here against the number one contender at the end of the day it doesn't matter how you look at it she's she's finished the number one contender and she finished her in style um, I decided to go a bit, bit stats heavy on this one. I think when I when I looked into the fight, but yeah, she. That man Josh. Oh, that's it, you know. Um, but she got seven out of seven takedowns, which is something I didn't think I'd say watching Shevchenko. I know she's well rounded, but she, she basically said to Andrade in that fight, "I know what you're good at, and I'm just going to play." I'm going to be better than you at your own game. And and I just think if you can do that as a champion, it's like we said about Usman, he's developed his uh, striking game. You know, it's never going to be up to speed with his wrestling and his grappling. But if you can develop it enough, that it's enough of a threat that the other person almost has to try and take you down another route. You know, they can't just yeah. stand and strike with you. They're yeah. going to have to look at other options. And I think that's what Shevchenko showed on the night. You know, she just showed that she has a, a wide range of skills uh, in in all avenues, and she can take the fight anywhere. That that you know, Andrade Blaser didn't stand a chance.
0: Yeah, the thing the thing with Andrade as well is that obviously she's Brazilian, um, and obviously Brazilian and MMA go hand in hand. There's obviously you've got Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I'm um, pretty sure Andrade is a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I'm pretty sure. Um, so yeah, like a black. If you're if you're grappling with someone who's a black belt Jiu-Jitsu, you know that they're going to be good on their back, and you know they're going to they're going to be good, not just on their back, but on the mat as a whole. And I think that you know for the what did you say? Seven out of seven takedowns for Shevchenko against Andrade, who is a black belt. Andrade's got power she has got power in her hands and on the map um I think I think I think we, I think I said last week as well that she's she's won quite like she's won she's won quite a lot of her fights in different ways that like andr now she's won you know she she's shown that she can go to the, the full length of decision she's shown that she can have a um, submission wins I think she's got I think she beat um Joanne Calderwood with, with a guillotine uh, a few years ago, she's shown that she can knock people out and win by KO. So she's very, she is very well-rounded. It's just a shame that she's had to come up against Valentina Shevchenko, who is even more well-rounded, I would say. Um, and she, she's just incredible. Like Shevchenko is, Shevchenko is very, very, very technical. She is a very technical fighter. And like I, we're talking about someone who's been competing for I think what 18 years, being competed professionally for 18 years I think it was and she's been practicing martial arts for like 28 years or whatever it is so it's like this Shevchenko she lives, breathes and dies MMA and mixed martial arts so to her it's just second nature so I think when you're when you've got the background and when you've got that history of it it deep roots into you it's like it's incredible it's insane it's incredible um but yeah I think that it's it's a bit weird it's a bit weird seeing shevchenko going for the takedowns and like i said she got a seven out of seven there was i remember watching it and she, there there was there was some nice transitions where there was one there was one i remember um towards the end of the it must have been in the second round towards the end of the fight and i remember um andraj going for a takedown on Shevchenko. and shevchenko stuffs it the next thing you know inside leg inside leg trip and um, andraj on the back and then i think that was I think that's the start of when she starts not buddy getting those punches in I think um she had her in half guard and then sort of moves moves it around and then somehow she ends up from half guard to the crucifix and then she's punching her punching her and then digs the elbows into her and next thing you know goes the fight's off the uh, fight's over and um has got a TKO. So yeah, I think that she, she is very, very technical and if if you if you understand sort of grappling and you can understand sort of the different moves, you know, your transitions from your half guards into side control and things like that, you'll appreciate Shevchenko very much more because, yeah, she's got power and yeah, she can knock people out but she can also make people tap and she can Mm -hmm. also get you in, she can get you into these positions where probably the only real person really is probably Khabib um, where they can get you into these positions where you're not getting out of them and crucifix, like, I would not want to be in a crucifix a position for by anyone that definitely would not want to be in a crucifix by Shachanko. It's like a suffocation, isn't it? You know, it's,
1: uh, you know, it's, 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 a, it's just a position you're not, not really. I, I think it's so rare to get out of. Um, and you know, you just saw the, the intense pressure she piled on with those elbows from that crucifix position. You know, there was no, there was no getting out of that front. Nah, I no, trying, no, no chance. No, chance you, you know, and, uh, you know, and Shefchenko, I think Shevchenko was putting those elbows in, just just waiting. She was. She kept looking at the ref, almost like, "Come on, <laughs> we're done here." Like, you know, I don't want to inflict too much damage on her. And, um, you know, it's it's just it's it's another one of those, isn't it, where you've got a fighter at the top of their division, uh, quite like Amanda Nunes, who who we mentioned previous. And she's just well out ahead of every single fighter that is put in front of her. There's no, you know, Nunez the same where they're putting her in against fighters for the sake of uh, retaining the belt. You know, they're they're doing it because she has to be active as a champion. Yeah. yeah. And and for Shevchenko, maybe this fight was was slightly different. I mean, the ones previously said were no competition for her really whatsoever. I I know a couple of them. Might have gone the full distance, but she looked comfortable in those, and we said that she rarely loses a round as well. But I think she, she, as I said, we should, she showed there that she's just got, she's got the skill set to take on anyone the UFC put in front of her. So get her back in against Amanda Nunes.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I agree with you, and like like, not no disrespect to any of the female fires in the division, obviously. Like the fighters that she has, the fighters that she has beat. and No disrespect for those, because I ain't gonna lie, like, if I if I stepped in octagon, they're probably gonna whip my ass. So like, no disrespect for, to them ladies, but like, Shevchenko's on a different level, bro. Like she is, she is on an absolute different level. Like she is, she is incredible. And um, yeah, I think that. I don't know, I think that obviously we alluded to it earlier. I think that yeah, the next. The next fight for Shevchenko... It kind of has to be the Nunes fight... Like this... Just looking at the rankings now... For the flyweight division... Um... And... If I'm being honest with you... There's no one really... There's no one really in this division where... They... Like she's beaten Andrade... She's beaten Ch- Ch- Chukagan, She's beaten I think Jennifer Meyer... Um... Well you've got Lauren Murphy potentially... But... Like I, to be honest with you... Like... I'm not really sure, if, like, I'm not really sure if that's going to be worth it, to be honest with you, um, and I would probably, I'd probably just book it for the Nunez super fight, like, yeah. the, fir- the first fight Nunez won, second fight Nunez won, just book it for a trilogy, man, and just get out, just get out, just get out of the cards.
1: Yeah, there's not many times, would you, where you'd say, where well, there's a trilogy, and it's well, there's an option for a trilogy and a fight as 2-0 up where you would kind of back that. But I think that second fight uh, between the two of them was a lot closer uh, than the first for sure. And you could <laughs> yeah, see definitely. that you could see that Shevchenko had made, um, you know, changes to her game. And did she go up both times in weight?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it was. I, I think she did. I, she, I so
1: know. she went. She went up, and I don't expect Nunez would go down to her weight class. Um, but you know, it almost doesn't matter, does it? Like, do you know? Do you really want to see them fight for the battle? or do you just want to see two of the best female fighters in the world just going against each other? Like, I'm not bothered if there's a bout on the line for it. For me, I think it's about putting them in against each other because. They are competition for one another um, and as close as they're going to get to competition for each other. Uh, As you said, no disrespect to anyone in the divisions. And I'm sure, you know, the UFC is fantastic at finding contenders, um, you know, particularly in the men's division where they are slightly more competitive, I guess. Yeah. But uh, they're brilliant at finding contenders to come up through the ranks nice and quick. Um, But you just wonder sometimes if they're too quick in the women's divisions because there's not as many contenders. Um, So sometimes that can be a disadvantage, I guess, because these fighters are getting shots too early and not being ready for them. Uh, But, yeah, I would I would, you know, I'd pay good money to see that fight again. Um, And. And for sure, it makes sense, you know, for both. Now, I think that uh, that they need to step in and and go for that trilogy.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think that um, I think that that has to be that has to be the fight going forward. Um, book it, like, just 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 book it, man. Like Shevchenko, Shevchenko Nunes, if they could do that in Brazil, that'd be a massive fight. That'd be a big fight in Brazil.
1: Yeah, and that's and let hope, and that, you know that. Um, you know travel restrictions start to die off and we can open the doors up to some places because I mean we haven't even mentioned yet the fact that you know we're obviously uh, in Jacksonville Florida for the fight and it was 15,000 people full capacity stadium it was incredible wasn't it wasn't incredible see the vans you know even even from the prelims like the early door fights and there was just oh it was electric and you know uh and people will tell from our intro that we that we like bruce buffer as well but he was he was on point he was on point and i think well, the fighters were as well thing. yeah yeah but he is to be fair but he was fired up for it and and the fighters were as well you know and that and that's why these fights didn't last so long i guess in, in a sense because the fighters wanted to go out and get the fans something to watch you know and you know even 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 the fights lower down the card that you know that um, kind of went went a bit further on in in the rounds that they, they were you know they were good fights the fighters were up for it the crowd were getting behind certain individuals um, you know particularly the Americans being being over being over in the states there yeah. but it was just it was just great to watch from start to finish and with the fans there I, I loved it.
0: <clears throat> yeah yeah exact same bro exact same and the only thing the only thing i'm gonna miss going forward is obviously as obviously these travel restrictions these and you know these social distancing rules slowly start to fade away and more you know more and more cities around the american states opening up the only thing i'm gonna miss is this bloody this time zone man like this time zone of fights on at 3am in the morning uk time and then finishing the six AM UK time, like I ain't I ain't gonna lie, like, I don't I don't really stay up to watch him live. I watch him in the morning, but that's because I split over here I've drawn a short straw, and really get any cards on for UK for any time. But it's just the way it is, isn't it?
1: It's a big it's a big shame and I think it is one of the main reasons why the sport maybe hasn't gone as mad so quickly over here. Obviously we've got fighters doing really well in the UFC. We've got history in the UFC as well with um, the likes of Bisping there. Um, Big up
0: Jack Shaw as well. Big up Jack Jack Shaw. Shaw,
1: Jack Shaw, obviously. Yeah, that's it. Uh, You know, we've got Brendan Allen who was on a few weeks back. And um, Leon Edwards, who we've mentioned a couple of times now, Darren Till as well. Uh, But, you know, we've got all these, yeah, but we got all these fighters, you know, and, and it's, it would just be great to see the UK fan scene kind of get behind it. There is there is a following, but it's you know it's a case of getting that increased. I think.
0: Yeah, I think. And, um, I, I think uh, I think over time, sort of, um, I think naturally is, as as because the, sp- the sport's relatively young. Like UFC, well I wouldn't say the sport as such. Um, that's a lie. But UFC, UFC is relatively young. Like what well, I think it is founded in the early 90s so like, like 92 93 um so it, it's, it's, a, it's a relatively young um organization as such and obviously obviously it is the pinnacle of combat sports and mixed martial arts um i think that just as as time goes on and more and more you know we get more and more british fighters rising through the ranks then naturally the um naturally the sort of the interest and in that is all going to just just rise anyway um so i think that's I think that's just something that just naturally comes in time. Yeah, for sure. I think
1: just moving on through, then one thing uh, or one fight, should I say, that maybe fans won't have wanted to watch, um, will have been the Uriah Hall Chris Weidman, which was next down on the card. Um, obviously, land lasted a grand total of seventeen seconds and. It's a horrific leg break, uh, for Weidman. Um Uriah Hall obviously takes the win via TKO injury. Um and he's now on a four fight win streak. I'm not sure he'd be happy to say that he's got that as a result of this fight. Um but at the same time at the same time it's it's a freak injury, you know, it's just one of them where You've just got to move on with your career because it affects both fighters, doesn't it? How how it's happened.
0: Yeah, I remember. Uh, it's a bit of a weird one, man. It's, like it's it's not a nice injury at all. Like, and if if you haven't seen it and you don't like you don't like leg breaks or anything like that, then don't watch it because you're not gonna like it. And I don't know. I think that I think I read somewhere that Uriah Hall is the first fighter to win a fight without throwing a strike yeah that's it which is crazy it's crazy but um there's some videos and there's some there's some videos and photos stills of the injury and but when you like when he walks back on his foot like he walks on like just above his ankle so like it's like i won't describe it just in case people don't like that sort of stuff but if you haven't watched it and you're interested, go watch it. If you're not interested, don't watch it. But, nah. It's yeah, just, it's, it's not one for the faint-hearted, is it? It's unlucky because, like, as you mentioned, the, the fight was, what, 17 seconds? And you, you train, what, you train, say, six weeks for a fight camp to, to to lose it all in 17 seconds. So it is unlucky. And it's unlucky for Wyman as well because he's, I think it was, what, it was his last four or last five have all been, like, knockouts or TKO's. And this is this is another one now to go onto the record, um, as as a TKO in the first round. So it's it's unlucky for him. And I read, I read somewhere earlier this uh, this afternoon, sorry, that, um, I think his I think his wife put out a post and wife put up a video. Um, he's looking to be, walking in eight weeks time. Um, which, which is crazy if you ask me. So well, they crazy. operated it.
1: They operated on him uh, the following morning, didn't they?
0: Yeah, yeah actually yeah. I, that's right i think his wife his wife put up a post to say that the operation went very well and successful and i think wifeman put up a post today is in um monday saying that, um he is hoping to be back walking on his leg in eight weeks time and uh, i think he wants to resume his mixed martial artist, his mixed martial arts career in the UFC which to me is absolutely crazy but well, you look you look at his age, he's thirty six. That could very well end his
1: career. So if he goes in with that attitude that he wants to continue, fair play to him. Um, you know, like I say, not not one most people choose to do after something like that's happened, particularly at his age there, but if he wants to push on, he's obviously worked hard for it. Um, and I'd just, just like one quick shout out before we before we go on to the next one. I thought I thought your hall deserves um, a bit, a bit of a, bit of a shout out, I guess. I, not a nice incident being it by any means, but I thought, I thought he handled uh, the post fight very well, considering what he's, a, what he's just seen, um, you know, and b, the position that puts you in as a fighter. It's just, you know, to have to stand there and almost have your hand raised for doing nothing, um, you know. But you know, he offered condolences to the family and stuff like that, and I just thought it was quite classy from him. Um, and, yeah. I ho- and I hope the UFC kind of look to book him in. You know, he's just had a full fight camp to stand in there and not and not do anything. Like, try and get him booked in on one of the fight night cards coming up. Like, you know, why why wouldn't you? He's ready to go. So.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think, or maybe maybe just put him as a stand-in for um, if anyone misses weight or, you know, is out in the ne- out, out in the next month with an injury or whatever, obviously you know, you spend a lot you spend the last X amount of weeks training for a fight camp of training in fight camp for a fight. So might, might as well try and put that to some use and like I said, get him booked in for a fight. But I think before we do move on, I think we have to draw attention to the parallels between this leg break and Weiman's leg check that he did on Anderson Silver for I think it was quite quite a while back now, definitely. But um yeah, like the exact same happened then where the Anderson Silver went in for a leg kick and Wideman checked the leg kick. And next thing you know, breaks Anderson Silver's leg. Um, and I d I, I don't actually know like what the heck happened or went on. But Anderson Silva's legs all over the place, exactly the same as what's happened to you. Um, in in what's happened goes around basically, where was caused it to Anderson Silva and now he's had it happen to him. But freak knockout or freak injury, should I say, and not a nice injury and I I hope he does get better, I hope he does recover from it. Um personally I don't think that he should come back into the octagon. Um, I think that he just just, just, just sit it out, bro. Just sit it out. Maybe go into kind of commentating or something along like something along those lines. But, bro, just, just relax now and just chill. Like, did you say he's thirty six years old now? Yeah, both, both fighters are thirty six. So, both fighters are thirty six. Like, yeah, like, yeah, I think, yeah, I think, bro, just, just, just kind of sit it out now and just see, see what else we can do. Because wyvern has got a chin on him, bro, and at 36 years old, like, you don't want to be, you don't want to be ending up to be, like, sort of a gatekeeper in the division, and, you know, the, the UFC just using you as a punch bag for, you know, the new, sort of recruits that are trying to push through, so I think, bro, just, just sit it out, and just, uh, just ha- just hang your head high while you can, sort of thing.
1: Yeah, I agree, and, and on that as well, that, that really um, is a door onto this fight, isn't it? You know, the the opening fight for the main card, uh, the Anthony Smith, Jimmy Crute at light heavyweight, and and this is a prime example of what you've just said there, uh, where oh I guess I guess Anthony Smith's a bit younger, isn't he? Um, was he thirty thirty two? Was he? Do I have that?
0: To be honest with you, I actually got a, actually I'm. Don't know at
1: the my head. Um, I, will, I will check for it now. Well, you, basically, you would think, looking at his record, that he would be a lot older. I'm sure he's 32, 33. Um, uh, he's 33 in July. So there we he's
0: go. He's 32.
1: 32, 33. Um, so, obviously, he he was put in there against Jimmy Croup, uh, who we discussed both fighters quite a lot last last time out. And this, this was an example of a fighter who's been at the top who's thoughtful about not quite done it. And is kind of, I guess looked at as that gatekeeper now into the top five, yeah. isn't he? And, uh, I think he's ranked number six. So that, that's kind of about there. And, and this was the opportunity really for Jimmy Crute to shoot up the rankings. Um, you know, at least, at least, uh, get closer to Anthony Smith's position. And, you know, it's, it's another example of, uh, of a freak incident but we've seen this a lot recently haven't we with this um with this calf kick you know it it was highlighted in the Connor fight um it also was was in the was it Cheeto Vera against uh Sugar Sean O'Malley yeah yeah. um so you know it's kind of come up a lot recently where this is it the peroneal nerve uh on the outside of your calf um that, that is kicked there, just below the kneecap, and it and it was a fantastic kick by Smith. It was brilliant, you know. And you can't say he's not um, he's not trained for that, you know. Of course he has. Yeah. He's trained. He's trained that. That has to be an option for a fighter. Yeah, that, um, that no, that's it. And you know, and the, I think I think they said after the fight that you could probably kick that nerve uh, several times over and it not actually, you know, have the effect it did. But the way he's landed it has, has obviously caused that effect on on Jimmy Coot's leg, and and it it was not nice to see, was it? Let's be honest, not not nearly as bad as the Wideman one, but it was not nice.
0: Nah, nah, def, def, definitely not as bad as Wideman, but um, i not, I wouldn't want to have, I wouldn't want to be in the receiving end of either of those injuries. Not on my, not on my legs, bro. So uh, I'm chilling in that, in, I'm chilling there. But yeah, I think that obviously I think what Anthony Smith that was his 51st fight that was his 51st fight and he's what 33 years old or turning 33 and in some sports that's like that's like old man territory but obviously combat sports he's he's entering into a good year he's 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 in it he's in a good year in his life in it in his UFC MMA career Um, it isn't it was a bit unlucky to see you know Jimmy Poole lose and I think you mentioned last week that you, like you're a big fan, or you were a fan of Jimmy Crouse. Remember, you, I remember you telling me off air about him, about him and to watch 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 a few of his previous fights. I remember you saying obviously you're a, you're a big fan of him. And did he did he go on a ten fight win streak and then lose one? Was that right? Yeah, I think yeah, I think that's right.
1: Yeah. And then sure. um, he he kind of developed he's developed himself into a fighter at light heavyweight where he looks like he's got a lot to offer, um, both, both on his feet, he's got power fists, um, and, and, and going down as well. He's, you know, he shows, he shows a lot on the ground. So I think, I think he'll definitely, he'll definitely be up there and around it, uh, in the future. But I said, I said it last week, you know, and I really, I really did stand by the fact that I thought Smith would win. Um, on on the basis that this just would come too soon for Croup and his career. Obviously I didn't see it ending the way it did. Um
0: yeah.
1: But I just thought that Smith would have too much and I said that, you know, he's taken the fight short notice. He can see there that there's something that he can take advantage of. And I don't know if you highlighted as much, but I thought that I thought that the jab from Smith looked great. I just thought his his jab was incredible. Um you know and he and he showed he showed confidence which is something something i guess since i guess he looked fearful when he fought john jones when he stepped in against john it was like he, he knew what john could offer that's yeah. it and i think and i think he maybe he was trying to fight against what he knew john could do instead of just fighting john And sometimes that can be a very dangerous game to play, particularly in a a point scoring industry like like the UFC and and, and MMA MMA is, because you're giving that fighter the opportunity to do what they want to do if if you're unable to get the better of them in that department. So it'll it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how both fighters move forward. I think we both said that we didn't think Jimmy Cruz's rank would be affected by this fight, and I I don't think it will. Yeah. but it'll be interesting to see how, how Anthony Smith moves forward um, and whether he gets another run in kind of towards the top there. Uh, obviously, being at number six now, you would think that he's staked a claim at least to fight a guy um, slightly above him in the rankings, maybe.
0: Yeah, well, I think what's the, cut? the card next week's fight night? Um, Reyes versus Prohaska, I think it is. Yuri Prahashka, Um they both obviously in the same division as Anthony Smith, I think. They're, they're three and five, aren't they? Yeah. In the rankings. So, yeah. So I think Reyes is third. Prachak is five. Did you say? Yeah, five. five yeah. And then, five. and then obviously Anthony Smith six. So you could you could do you could do the winner of that fight potentially fights Anthony Smith um, for you know for the belts or sort of like a number one sort of eliminate title challenge eliminator maybe mean, um, you could you, you could do that as a headliner for for a fight night maybe in a couple of months maybe after summer towards a, towards the end of the year maybe i but the thing the thing with light heavyweight division though is that it's just it's just it's quite weak it's quite a weak quite a weak and bare division i think um like this this yuri brahashka guy is fighting next week on the fight night uh, it's, his, it's his second fight in the UFC um, it's his second fight in the UFC I think his first fight he beat uh, I think he beat Volkov yeah he did uh, not,
1: yeah. not, Vol- not Vol- uh, Volkov
0: sorry Volkan uh, Volkov. yeah Volkan Aldermere wasn't it uh, so I think, he beat, I think he beat him in his first fight now in mean, his second fight he's headlining the fight night um, and I think before Volkan he was fighting in Rising or whatever it was Um so I think for someone to come into the UFC in their second fight is headline in the fight night. Um, and he's I think he's like 27, 28 years old. He's quite young. Um, then I just think it kind of shows how weak the lightweight or the light heavyweight division is. Yeah, I agree because um, obviously we've transitioned
1: into the into the fight night card. When you look at Reyes as well. You know, he went, he went on a win street, didn't he? Was it, was he 12 and 0 before he fought John? Yeah. And, you know, he, he come up really quick, actually, um, to get, to get a shot at the title. And again, it makes you wonder, doesn't it? Like how many fighters there were in the division that were really that capable of taking John on? Um, and as I say, Reyes propelled his way up, um, and, it looks the same. Looks like they're kind of trying to do the same thing here as well. So, you know, these two going in against each other for the fight now will certainly be very interesting. And, um, you know, they're both, they're both heavy hitting guys. They both will, they will, uh, they will certainly go to blow each other's heads off in that, in that, in that respect.
0: Yeah, this, um, i just have a quick look at some of these Google images of Yuri Prohazka and, um, he looks like a bit of a unit from. I think he's fighting out of Czech Republic. Um, and he looks he looks a bit of a he, he looks a bit. Looks like he could hold it down very well. So I think it would, I think that's. A, I think it will be a good main card, uh, main event next week. Um, Dominic Reyes and Prajeshka fight night. Um, but. All in all, for that division, I'm not really the I, I don't know I just don't think that it's just
1: you lost interest when John
0: went didn't you that's
1: the thing yeah like
0: but even 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 when John was there it's, it's it's like you're looking at the vision and you got Glover you've got, got Rackett, you've got Reyes you got Thiago Santos Prohashka Smith Magomed Ankleev Uzdemir Krylov Johnny Walker that's 10 I think John Jones could beat all of those easy yeah or, I agree or, I think he could beat all of those easy um I think the fact that he's so dominant kind of takes the excitement away from the light heavyweight division because the thing like take for, take for example a lightweight division. Poirier, Gaethje, Oliveira, Chandler, Ferguson, that's that's the top five. Any of those five could easily be champion of that weight class. Easily. I agree. You look at the top five for the light heavyweight and I don't I really don't think that well the Put it put it simple, the the light headweight champion right now, Jan Blacchevich, he's champion he's only championed by Depol because John's vacated the belt. John's already fought him and beat him. Um and he so, fought Reyes for the belt, didn't he?
1: Yeah, and that, that's and that sparked, really, sparked him clean out.
0: Yeah, that that I think to me that kinda of says a lot about the division. Um what we need is we need some youngster um to just come through, knock some guys out in the division. Make make their mark on the division, stamp it, and claim that state to the throne. But until that happens, I think we should got to just kind of enjoy John while we have him. Yeah, we need a uh, we need a Jimmy Croot.
1: That's what we need. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. We need a Jimmy Croot without without a buckling leg. Um, just just really to to tie off that two six one card. I know we've kind of semi gone between the two there. Um, I just want to say that Kroot's, <laughs> Kroot's, ambition to fight on was incredible. He was, he was trying to stand up, wasn't he? And then he was walking towards the doctor. the doctor wasn't having any of it. He's like, mate, your leg is folding below you. Bro,
0: he, um, got, he got, he got mad heart. And i tell you who else got mad heart that I didn't have a clue about. And like, I didn't have a clue who this fight was. I'm not going to lie. Um, but I think it was the fight that won Fight of the night. Um, I remember messaging. I remember speaking to you about it. Um, and it was Jeff Molina versus Keelang Iori. and uh, It was on. I think it was the second fight on the early prelims. One. one it was a three-round decision. Decision. when win to Molina. If you have, if you're listening, you haven't watched it. Go watch it. Absolute broad of a fight. This Aori guy who's got absolutely incredible heart. Like dominated. He was dominating at one point, then gets dominated. In incredible, incredible. And bro, you just. Stands up and asks for more, and just constantly, it was it was a class fight, and definitely definitely should have won Fighting night, which it did, which I'm glad.
1: Yeah, that was uh, that was a great fight, wasn't it as well? I think um, I'd I'd seen a little bit on Molina beforehand. They were, they're both new to the UFC, but I think um, the other lad had come out of the Performance Institute, so it was really kind of hyped up before the fight as, as a lot of these guys were. And, um, you know, there was a lot of talk about how, how they would go in and kind of dominate each of the fights, I think beforehand. But I thought Molina just looked really relaxed round two, round two and, and particularly in round three. Um, and he's, and he's on an eight fight win streak, you know, and you've just come off the back of a fight of the night. That's the kind of, fighter that the ufc will look at and say well what can we do with this guy now um yeah so
0: to get a fight of the night on that card as well yeah yeah that's big because if you look at it the first round uh, not the first round sorry the the main cards um second round knockout first round knockout second round knockout first round knockout first round knockout itself. um so yeah and, and and to be on the early prelims so you're the second you're the second fight out of all of the fights on all three early prelims prelims and the main cards if you're, you're the second fight and you get a fight the night, that's pretty impressive and as you mentioned obviously they're both relatively new to the promotion as well there's no better way to probably to stamp your mark on the promotion and getting getting a performance and the night bonus on on a card as stacked as this with three three title fights
1: yeah, and you know you've nailed it. Every, every fight really was fantastic. Um, you know from from the off, so it's it's a card that you look at and you just have to appreciate every every angle of it. And we've covered we've obviously covered it a lot in this video. Um, and the fight night coming up uh, in comparison um, doesn't have mass appeal and I I hope it's I hope there's good fights in there and and there'll be plenty for us to kind of talk about no doubt um but you know this this card you really have to hone in on the fact that the UFC the UFC as a promotion have said right we're having fans back here they've made the agreement with Florida to have the fans back in and I think Dana said it in in his post in his post um you know fight fight night interview (laughs) And he just said, you know, it was like walking around, seeing people in the crowd, just just absolutely buzzing like to have this atmosphere that they have created. And he was, you know, say what you want about Dana, but what he has done throughout, um, you know, throughout the pandemic has been amazing. Absolutely bro. amazing. What he has done for this sport, he has just propelled it onto another level.
0: Bro, they were killing it during Fight Island. Like Yeah. To, to, to hire to hire a whole like island just just to have the fights on, like that's that's some boss status there. Like that's 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 levels bro. And yeah, like to be fair to him he smashed it, yeah, smashed it and and I hope that he does continue to smash it because I'm all in it for if, if we're getting cards, if we're going to get cards like 261 again and again and again. I'm all in for it. That's it. And, and it feels
1: like that is becoming the norm, isn't it? We're going to get a couple of these cards a year where you get several title fights on, or, um, you know, the, the next fight night, even where it's uh, not fight night, sorry, the next main event pay per view card. Where, where you've obviously got that Nate fight that's been put in there against Leon um, with the Oliveira against Chandler for the title. Yeah. yeah. So you've got two humongous fights there uh, where they've really, really gone in. And and I'll just look at it and I think, bring it on. Let me see more of it. Uh, let us soak it up. Let us talk about it because it's just brilliant. It's just brilliant. The sport is adapting in ways that if you look back two or three years ago, you may never have, you may never have seen it happening.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think, I think that very nicely ties us up for the end of the episode. Um, obviously last week, last week was the inaugural episode. We did run over, we did run over, um, a bit longer, I guess, cause we naturally had more to talk about covering the two cards. um, especially especially with this stacked one which definitely lived up to expectations. but like I said, I think that very nicely ties us up to the end of the episode. Thank you guys for listening. hope you guys enjoyed, listened, listen hope you guys enjoyed listening to uh, Josh and I's wonderful insight to the world of mixed martial arts even though both of us have never stepped foot competitively into the octagon but hey like I said, the podcast is for fighting fans by fighting fans. You um, have to have
1: a, you have to have a fan's perspective, don't you, on things as well, you know? And people want to hear what a fan have to, has to say. Uh, so we appreciate everyone tuning in who has done for episode one.
0: Yeah, thank and, you very uh, much, guys. It's been it's been great to do it. I've really enjoyed it. So. And um, I think we'll be back next week to cover the next UFC fight card, which is um, Reyes versus Prohajka. I hope I, I hope I pronounce his name right because I've been pronouncing it the same way throughout the whole video. So if I've if I've pronounced his name wrong, I apologise in advance. If you have butchered
1: so. it, no doubt someone will be on it here. <laughs>
0: to be honest, I probably have because I haven't got a clue um, other than English. Pardon my ignorance, but anyway, nice one, guys, for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed, and we'll be back next week for episode three of the Undercard Podcast. Anything you want to Cheers, say? Cheers, guys. Thank you. Take care. Nice one, guys. Peace out.